What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. Welcome on this lovely Wednesday morning. I've gotten some great feedback uh, on my Monday, my Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning check-ins. Hope you guys have been enjoying them. Listen to them on your way to work, while you're at work, while you're on your lunch break, at night before you go to sleep, however you are listening to them. I hope you enjoy the sound of my voice, ooh, but also the content that I'm putting out. Again, thank you for the comments and feedback I've gotten so far. Suggestions for new topics, uh, things that you want me to talk about, things you want me to stop talking about. I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten so far. I've enjoyed doing these. Again, I wake up really early, get my little coffee on, you know, brush my teeth, wash my face. Um, and it's just good to be up early, right? Get your day started early. A lot of things get accomplished between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m., I realize. Um, people are usually up and they're more eager to talk because, you know, once a day gets started, just get busy. Like there's always something going on. There's a meeting here. There's someone you have to talk to there. Uh, there's a problem that needs to be solved. You have kids, you have to get them ready. Uh, you know, there's always something going on as the day progresses. But the earlier you get up, you know, the early bird gets the worm. But it's also a good time where your mind is free. Uh, you can freely think about everything you have going on and just, you know, put some positive and good energy out there. I've always been a firm believer that, you know, when you wake up, energy you start with is how you end your day, right? So when you wake up, if you need, if you feel, if you don't feel right, don't feel comfortable, do something to get yourself out of it. But the earlier you get up, the more time you have to get yourself out of a funk if you do wake up in a funk. Hmm. So if you wake up late and you're in a funk, then you're just in that funk all day. You're just sitting in that stanky stuff all day. Just got attitude and you feel uncomfortable and you want to go home and and you and you just lose a day. You know, don't lose a day. Get up uh, early, you know, eat, exercise, call somebody in your family that you want to talk to that you love or what you're doing now. Listen to your favorite podcast with the Black Expat and check in with me. Now, today what I'm going to talk about is something that uh, may seem a little bit off to you guys. Uh, some of you may resonate with it. Some of you, some of you may not. But again, as the black expat, I'm going to make a connection to expatriate life. But also, I want you guys to just really think about how this relates to uh, you yourself living in your home country or you yourself dating within your community, uh, whether that's your, whether that's the community you come from, like your town, your city, whether that's your cultural background, uh, or whether it's just, you know, within a few blocks of you. Uh, I really want you to kind of dissect this. Now, I've always had a working theory. Right. I've had a few theories, a lot of theories that I throw out on this podcast, but a working theory about com uncomfortable conversations. But I've had a theory about our relationships when living abroad. And this is a reflective theory that I'm going to talk about today. Not necessarily a progressive one, but more of like a reflective one and not reflective on myself, but just from what I've seen and what, I, what I've experienced from, you know, other people. Uh, their experience with dating and living in countries abroad. Now, I'm not going to go as in-depth as I would in you know, one of my longer podcasts. I do want to keep this podcast at 15 minutes because it is a check-in. Uh, but I'm just going to just throw, throw some things out there. I want to see how you guys digest it, see how you take it, get your feedback on it, uh, comment on the podcast, send me messages, whatever, join the live stream, whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, just jump in, uh, you know, and then we can definitely talk about it. But first things first. So have you ever wondered, and this may not apply to everybody, so I'm going to use a bunch of different examples. But have you ever wondered why, you know, say you're watching Friends, right? You're watching Friends and you don't think it's funny. You can't laugh. You don't get it. Uh, and right. Or imagine you know, if you're watching Martin, right? The TV show Martin that came out, you know, Martin Lawrence television show. And you just, you're not laughing. You don't get the jokes. It doesn't make sense to you. But you're dating someone 
who loves Friends, who loves the TV show Martin, who loves the Fresh Prince, and they get all the jokes. They're laughing hysterically, right? So you don't get anything that's happening on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Don't get it. Doesn't apply to you. Don't think it's funny. Can't relate to it. Even the sad moments aren't sad. It's just like, man, that's stupid. I don't get it, right? You're watching Friends. You're like, man, these problems I've never had. Don't understand them. It doesn't hit me at my core. Funny things aren't funny. But your significant other sitting right next to you is dying laughing, laughing hysterically, right? Rolling on the floor laughing their, <laughs> their arses off, if you will, right? So imagine that. You ever wonder why that is? Because again, it doesn't just apply to those three things. I'm sure there are other things it applies to as well. But I'm not talking about like exercising, right? Because that's different. It's like, oh, this person likes to exercise. I don't. That's more of a personal choice. But I'm just talking about something that you observe and that you take in culturally, right? And that you have to absorb. You have to kind of understand. You have to get feedback on, right? So think about scenarios where that may have been the case with someone that you were dating, right? Or just with family members or with anyone. But like, you ever wondered like why that is? You know, and I know there there are a bunch of obvious answers, like I don't like friends because I don't relate to the problems they're going through. Again, there are a bunch of obvious answers, but really think about that. Now, think about if you have you or if you haven't, think about dating internationally. Right? And don't and I'm not just talking about dating, like you can go to Taiwan, for example, and date an American, right? And think think about how I just said that. Oh, just go to Taiwan and date an American. Same, same, right? No. Because even though I am an American in Taiwan, I've only met one other person that's actually from the city of Chicago, that's actually from the neighborhood or the surrounding area that I grew up in. That was Erica. So we had a lot in common, right? Never dated her, could never date her. Love you, Erica, but no, hell to the now. But um, uh, and not in a bad way, just that we are much better as friends. Um, but like, yeah, just I've I've only met one other person that done that. So every other American I encountered in Taiwan that I could have dated or were, or others could have dated as well, like they weren't from the same place as me. So there was a lot of, you know, of unfamiliarity there. The only thing we had that was familiar to us was that we were both from America. But culturally, like there's a difference between Texas culture and Chicago culture. I talked about it on my previous podcast. Like even if you're just talking about driving, there's a huge difference between American and Texas culture. Sorry, Chicago and Texan culture. It's just different. And different is okay, as we all know, but it's just different. Now, Take that and compare it to an American dating someone that's from Taiwan, but a person who's lived in Taiwan their entire life and never left the island. A person from Europe dating someone uh, someone from Spain, dating someone from America, but they're in Spain, and the person from Spain has never left the island their entire life. Or someone from Taiwan who moved to Australia, sorry, New Zealand, and dated someone that's New Zealand, from sorry, a New Zealander, and they've never left New Zealand their entire life. Right. And then you guys, you know, you have common interests, things that you share. Like you all love travel, either travel within the country and or the idea of travel. You being a traveler because you've immigrated or traveled to that place where you met your significant other. Of course, you have that passion and they have a passion for your culture. Like what, what do you instantly connect on? What do you instantly connect with? How is that relationship? How is that bond built? It's not built on too many familiarities, right? Or similarities. Can't be from two different places completely culturally. Right. So it has to be built on personality. Like things you enjoy doing. Right. So like the common everyday modern things. Oh, I love watching movies. Oh, man, I love I love skating. I love swimming. I love you know, I love reading books. Right. Those things, the fundamental things. But does that and there's been plenty of studies done on, done on this. Is that enough? Now, the reason why I use the analogy of 
you know, when you're watching TV shows, uh, culturally, you know, do you catch on to things? Do you understand things? That's a great way to compare communication within cross-cultural relationships. Like, really, really think about it, right? Because you you have to, like, say if someone, their second language is English or their third language is English. Sometimes their fourth language is English. But your dominant language is English and you don't speak any other language. This happens in a lot of, you know, cross-cultural relationships when you move abroad and live abroad, right? So the person you're, you're dating, they speak English. But the colloquial language that you use, the the, the slang, if you will, um, the jokes and stuff, they may not pick up on. And it's all fine and good when you're dating, right? You know, you're out drinking, you're partying. No, it's, it's not that big deal. You know, we're just having a good time. But what about when it's conversations about things that matter? You're discussing money, the way in which you want to live your life, the way in which you want to raise your kids, Right. When you, you know, if, if you do enjoy having intellectual conversation with your significant other, when you talk about things like that, because again, as humans, for the most part, we want to date someone to be with someone who agrees with us for the most part, right? We like to be agreed with, right? Some of us like to be challenged, not all of us, some of us do, but for the most part, we like to be agreed with. There's nothing wrong with that, right? So when dating someone, it's important to agree. It's also important to disagree, to be challenged, to get feedback, but you want to agree. It's hard to do that sometimes when you're coming from a completely different cultural background and you don't pick up on some of the some of the nuances of communication when you're dating. Like, like have you guys really like, like just thought about that? Now, don't even just think about it cross-culturally. But again, unless you, you know, some people have met their high school sweethearts and fell in love and married and had kids. First of all, that's freaking amazing. I have several friends that have d- done that. Shout out to Brittany and Jamie. Um, and just are amazing, right? People I've idolized and looked up to since since high school, like done that, but some haven't. And even if you had, like when you do that, you have such a solid foundation because you're with each other through that development process. Like even if you went to different schools, like you were just with each other at your foundation. I think the foundation is high school. You know, when you're in a grammar school, learning school, uh, you don't really know, you don't really know who you are. You're trying to figure it out. High school, you really get a firmer understanding of who you are. In college, you kind of cement who you are. So when you're going through that with, you know, you, you love someone, you go through that process with them and you grow up and you end up staying together forever. I mean, like that, like you have all those subtle nuances are just built into your relationship. But dating cross-culturally in Taiwan or in any other country and even back home, that's not built into the relationship that you form. And I think oftentimes we don't talk enough about that. Now, I want to talk specifically for the the expatriate side now because, you know, I'm you know, Black Expat Podcast. So I've always had this working theory that I'm going to get to now. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to wrap up really soon, too, because I'm trying to keep these right at 15 minutes, as promised. But, um, like, I've been working a theory, and I'm going to test this out. I'm going to actually interview a bunch of other expatriates and bring them on, maybe not next week, but maybe uh, the month of September when I move away from live shows and get back into, you know, uh, producing, you know, more lengthy podcasts more oftentimes in the week. Um, but I think people who live abroad should, like, Consider open relationships for people living abroad. And I'm not talking about when you're ready to settle down and get married. That's a different conversation, right? That's a different stage of life. But when you first get there, when you're 21, 22, 23, 29, 28, 30, I mean, whatever, whatever your age is and whatever your whatever life stage you're in, because there is no age attached to when you should get married and have kids. We all know that, right? I mean, there is a number for, you know, for women and things like that we have to keep in mind. However, still, you have options, you have choices. Everyone does, um, you know? So, I've always said, like, if you're living abroad, when you're living abroad, uh, open relationships are a good thing and should be talked about. This is one of those uncomfortable conversations that you need to have, not only with someone that you're interested in dating, but with yourself. And here's why I say that, right? Here's, again, this is a working theory I want to put out there. I'm not what I firmly believe or maybe would even try, but I just want to put it out there, right? So 
when you live as an expat, you kind of live in constant flux, right? And I and the coronavirus is a great example of something that changed, came out of nowhere, that changed what you wanted to do and how you lived as an expatriate. For some of us, left the country. For some of us, stayed, but are planning, making plans to go back home because they're like, yeah, nah, being trapped here, uh, much rather be trapped at home. And you figure out what those reasons are. Those reasons are now, boom, in your head. Now I know. Love living here, but if I had to stay here for the rest of my life and commit to it, I could not, would not do it. So I'm making plans to get out. Now I know this for sure. And that's fine, right? That's fine. But like you live in constant flux. You know, your job can change as an expat in a moment's notice. Uh, opportunities can change, right? You, you're you planning to go to grad school, but then you decide not to, but then you're applying to jobs and you find your dream job back, back wherever you're from or even in another country. You're bouncing around to different countries, not necessarily attached to going back home, but you're just bouncing around to different places, right? Like like demands, like everything can change. Like it's pretty much a coin flip from one day to the next. You can come in one day and love your job and come in the next and, you know, your school's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're moving in a different direction or we're shutting down or, you know, anything could happen. And then, boom, your life's turned on your head. And that's a lot to deal with and a lot to shoulder when you're in a committed relationship or you're trying to maintain a committed relationship. Right. Here's why I say this. A lot of us, including myself, wasn't emotionally mature enough to handle serious relationships when I was living abroad. When I first started, oh heck to the now. I was traveling every every month. Every month I was in another country, and that was all I was focused on. I wanted love. I needed love. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I enjoyed being in relationships. I really did. I mean, I just wasn't ready for that. But people that I was dating locally, and even expats that I dated, were people were looking for that. And I'm not. And here's what I say. It's not just for men. It's also for women, too. Some women weren't, weren't looking to fall into committed relationships. They ended up getting into it. But it's because it was open. I met a lot of expats. So, yeah, we were dating, but it's open. Like expats dating expats because I don't know where I'm going to end up. But the level of openness and open communication allowed them to freely express themselves and really develop a hardcore relationship. Because oftentimes people say open relationships, they get scared. Because the first thing they think of is, you're going to be dating other women. You're going to cheat on me. And think about when you first start dating, quote unquote, until it's official or whatever, right? Like it is pretty much an open relationship until you say you're my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend. When you're dating, that is what dating is. It's an open relationship. You're free to date whoever you want. You're free to date whoever you want. Now I have a whole podcast. I'm going to talk about this again, about what dating means in different cultures, because I tell this story all the time. When I was 22, when I got to Taiwan, I was in a whole relationship with somebody and I had no idea. I thought we were dating. I was her boyfriend <laughs> and she was my girlfriend, but I didn't know until someone Taiwanese who spoke English broke it down and was like, no, y'all went out on two dates. Here, y'all go together. And I was like, and they used go together, so I knew what they meant. Y'all go together. Y'all are exclusive. But like really think about it. You know, if you're an expat, or if you're thinking about being an expat, or just like the benefits of open relationships. Because it's just people always associate with, oh, that means you want to you want to see other women, you want to cheat. It may not mean that. It means that I don't want the pressure and I don't want you to have the pressure of the demands that come with exclusivity at this moment. I want to be able to make decisions with a clear mind and want you also not to feel, you know, to feel certain ways. And again, it is an uncomfortable conversation because it just sounds bad sometimes. When you really talk it through, there can be some middle grounds that can be met because even though it's open, you can still have rules. And then when everyone comes to the table and, and when something comes up, it's an easier discussion to have because you have that discussion. The reason why I always say talk about things like this, because you don't want to have these uncomfortable conversations down the line in the relationship. And one person may be thinking the other person may not be. So it's good to just put all the cards on the table, right? Again, it's an uncomfortable conversation. It's even uncomfortable to hear. And most people will, most people will just dismiss it right away. 
I don't know. That sounds stupid. I don't want that. I need commitment. I need this. I need that. You need stability, right? I mean, I, I love a person that's committed, but if their level of commitment to me is forcing you to make not good decisions, stressing you out, right, leading you to not think clearly, think best, think what's best for yourself, then I don't want that. We can be open if that's what you need to live your best life. And then if everything works out and we're destined to be together, cool, right? If through our openness, we realize that, no, you are the one that I want to be with forever. Great. You can do that. But that is an uncomfortable conversation, right? Breaking up with someone, that's an uncomfortable conversation. It's hard to do. I ever ask people like, hey, how did you break up with her? Like, what did you say? How did it work out? Because for, for me, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I don't like things to end in arguments. There's no need for that. We've grown apart or we just don't match. We just don't fit. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Like, it may for you, but it doesn't for me. But I want to maintain this level of friendship. And it hurts. We all know that. But like, really, again, these are so interesting to talk about because they are uncomfortable. And people really, when I bring these up and I have these conversations with people, um, some people are more open, especially when when you are abroad. These conversations are easier to have because that stress and that openness is there. That stresslessness, that openness is there because you're not, you don't feel in that pressurized situation of being back home with the pressure to get married, to have kids. Your parents and like friends are like, oh man, when are you, who are you dating? Like, what's going on? You don't get that when you're abroad. Like, nope. I was rarely asked who I was dating when I was living abroad. The assumption is that you are not dating, right? It's like, they're like, oh, why are you out here? What are you doing? What are you looking for? Nothing about relationships. But you get that so much when you're, when you're, when you're home. Well, when I'm home anyway. Not for my family. My family's cool. They pretty, they pretty much know like, hey, when I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready. I'm not rushing nothing. But like, think about it. Like, you do get this more, you're put under more pressure when you're back home. And sometimes for some of us, we just rush into things when you shouldn't. And for some of us, rushing to things works. For some of us, most of us, it don't. But yeah, I just really wanted to put that out there. Again, this is, I like this week of uncomfortable conversations because a lot of these conversations are extremely uncomfortable and extremely hard to have. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be having them, right? So again, I want to keep these morning check-ins short. Um, I'm going to be talking more about uncomfortable conversations and polygamy. Oh, you're going to love this conversation on Friday. Uh, this Friday, I'm going to talk about a real-life experience. Not that I've had, but that I've seen. It's going to be a little juicy. I'm not going <laughs> to. It's going to be uh, very in-depth. Uh, so make sure you guys are there to check it out. Uh, this upcoming Friday, I'll be talking more about uncomfortable conversations and relationships and so on and so forth. So again, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Black Expat Podcast for my Wednesday morning check-ins. I'm going to get ready to go and get to work. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to check out Black Tea every Saturday for patrons only. My Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning check-ins at 8.15 a.m. Eastern and my regular scheduled podcast, which comes out every Tuesday. So the latest episode I just released was called The Big Payback. Check it out. I'm Carl, the Black Expat. We out here.